Tonight, on Rogue Padron, two humans and a Twi'lek, the ghost of Wiz Jansen yet to come, Scabarus and Bleeding Pirates to you. We're back to our good old-fashioned intro, huh? Yeah. Yep. This is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Sure are. Episode, episode one, season six, mission one, season six, whatever we call them. They're, What's mission, up, they're missions. So Meg. glad you're here. <laughs> so glad that you are joining us for season six, mission one of Rogue Padron. Quick reminder of your hosts, because last week we had that very special episode where there was more than four people on here, and it might have gotten a little bit confusing. So tonight in Hanakotaba, which is the language of flowers, Japanese style. Seth, Rogue Seven, would be at Tsubaki, which is a camellia, and it means waiting because she's always last minute has to go grab her book, water, or headphones. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true. Danny, Rogue Six, would be at Tsutsuji, which is an azalea, which means patience, because he always has to listen to our episodes again after we record them. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Danny. Hi. Oh. I have patience. Yes. <laughs> Heath, Rogue 3, would be a Tenchi Ko... Uh, oh, crap. Can't even read my handwriting. Anyway, he would be a Dahlia, which means good taste, just like all of his photoshops. Ooh. Nice. Yes. Most recently, the Attack of the Clones teaser poster. <laughs> which is <laughs> Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> and I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would be a Kiroibara, which is a yellow rose meaning jealousy, because I'm doing Whole30, and I started watching the Great British Baking Show, and I want to oh, eat. No. Why would you do that during Whole30? Why would you do that to yourself? Yeah, that seems really counterintuitive, Meg. <laughs> really, really bad timing. Such a jerk. <laughs> All right. Well... Speaking of being a glutton for punishment, I have a question. There was a pun in there, too. Did you catch it? That was funny. Glutton. That was good. I have a question about Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi question. Danny. I am. (laughs) (laughs) Danny, I am. (laughs) I have a question about... (laughs) I'm just reading the show notes, folks. (laughs) Danny, I am. (laughs) Uh, okay, so we saw the trailer together. That was fun. And mm-hmm. um, the one of the shots that is particularly intriguing from a rogue Padron standpoint is those funny new ships that are flying through the desert planet, I guess, but they're like digging up red sand while they go. And so my question is, um, do you think anyone during that sequence will say, I hate red sand? It's- oh, I, I hope really- so. So. <laughs> coarse and rough and irritating and gets everywhere i want that so bad now i'd be okay with that kind of pandering <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, 
what if it was Forest milk? Ghost Anakin? Oh, even better. Be even better. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta have that. Even if it's slightly more subtle and it's like a, uh sand or something. <laughs> like, I'd be into it. Yeah. Just a general hatred for sand. I want that. Yeah. Okay, but for real, what do we think these ships are? First of all, what are these ships? And two, like, what are they doing? Well, like- I got mansplained to a lot that they're B-Wings, apparently, even though they don't look like B-Wings. Those aren't B-Wings. Modified exactly, B-wings not. or something. Can I unman? I said like, you? I tweeted something saying like, "Are they actually B-wings?" And someone replied to me going, "Yeah, actually they are." So I they got yeah, actually to yeah, that. Actually. <laughs> actually, should just be banned from Twitter. Yeah, it should be. I mean, I see how they could be B-wing-ish, maybe. Yeah, yeah like modified B-wings, like he said. Be like a descendant of the b-wing but like if a b-wing and an x-wing got it on right this is what would result yeah sure yeah that totally so a a beck swing a big swing that's kind of cute thank you beck swing they look kind of like like call becky with the good wings what Heath, you're funny. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they are, but I like them already, and I really hope they make little figures of them. Uh, It's Star Wars, Saf. They will. They didn't make a little tiny partisan X-Wing. What am I supposed to believe anymore, okay? A little tiny what X-Wing? The black and white X-Wing you see, like, half a second shot of in Rogue One. (laughs) They didn't make a black series of that, and I'm still mad about it. Maybe that's why, Seth. <laughs> well, they made a Hot Wheels of it. Like, come on. Just, why can't Star Wars do this one thing for me for once? Zuvio got enough figures. No, Zuvio will never have a... I'm waiting for the Hot Toys Zuvio to come out. <laughs> oh my god. Can you imagine? Don't even joke. I mean, Zuvio so doesn't good. even have a Funko Pop, so... <laughs> Why not? He should. Oh my god. There should be a Zuvio everything. <laughs> Amazing. And there I'm you go. In conclusion, body. our thoughts on the red sand are that Zuvio should be in everything. Yes. <laughs> Do you think Zuvio's piloting any of those ships? Yes. All yeah. of them. <laughs> everything. <laughs> They're all Zuvio. <laughs> oh my god, an army of Zuvs. <laughs> Terrible. I want it so badly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Well, (laughs) let's talk about Race Squadron. (laughs) All right. Yes. Right. So, beginning the sixth book, Iron Fist, which is my favorite one out of the series. Meg, it was good. It's good. I didn't it's stop. Good. I just read it all. Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, what? Danny. No, but seriously, I kind of wish that we could just sit here and read the entire three chapters out loud to each other just because like every single paragraph I was like, oh, I want to talk about that. Or like, yeah. oh, that's a really good. Oh, that's really funny. Oh, that's a there's just so much. It's, it's so true. much goodness. It's good. it's good. The writing was so good. Like not not even just story, but like the writing was really captivating. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, in a way that even Ray Squadron didn't captivate me. Yeah. Like, yep. Alston upped his game for this one, clearly. You can, I can tell a difference already. A+. plus. The book starts with a mostly cyborg man hitting Runt over the head with a bottle of wine in a bar. It's important that the bottle doesn't gr- break, which, that's a good bottle. Kel gets up to fight him, and Wedge cares more about Runt being okay than whether or not Kel's getting his booty kicked. <laughs> I like. He also seemed like kind of indifferent to even that. Did it, in this did it scene. Really? He's like, is anybody dying? Nah, yeah, already. He was like, eh, it's a bar fight. Everyone's gonna be fine. I'm just yeah. gonna keep <laughs> drinking over here. Right. Uh, Kel is actually holding his own pretty well wait, against wait. the cyborg. Oh. We, I want to talk about the first sentence. Uh, okay. I wasn't kidding when I said I want to break apart every sentence. Of the <laughs> oh, no, we're going to be just, here for uh, hours. We, I feel like we always kind of make a note of what the first sentence of the book is, going back to the first, the Luke, you yeah. are no Luke Skywalker. And I just thought this was, this was yep. a really good one. This was it's a really uh, good one. This got both my attention and Saf's attention pretty fast, I imagine. So. What was it again? <laughs> okay, it got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it totally got mine, but I don't remember, like, sentences. <laughs> The first sentence was, he made no pretense at being fully human. That's right. That was like, a good alien. Sentence. And Saf was like, robot. And Saf yep. won this round. <laughs> For once, I won it. <laughs> For once. No, that was a good line. Because I thought it was going to be like um, an alien. And then it kept going on. And I was like, ooh, he's a robot man. And then I remembered that the word is cyborg because the book actually told me that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a word. <laughs> Yes. Robot we man. Look actually robot told man. me that. We do have a word for robot man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember reading it and I had to like lower the book and I was like, oh yeah, cyborg. Cyborg, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, may, may I continue, Danny? Please. Okay. Kel is holding his own against the cyborg. There's that word again. And we find out that Kel, more than anything, just likes to kick, which cool. <laughs> Great. So far in this book, Kel is really cute. Kel's been really cute. Yep. <laughs> He's good. Yeah. I'm into it. The first page, Kel, all right. Yeah. Yeah. As Kel and the robot, and the robot, <laughs> dang it, <laughs> Seth, this is your fault. As Kel and the cyborg <laughs> continue fighting. Robot the- man. <laughs> military police show up and it kind of ends with Wedge being surprised that they're here pretty early. Important note that on page four is the first use of the word slender and it is used to describe Tyria, Tyria. Everyone take a drink. (laughs) (laughs) As the wraiths are marched out to a prisoner transport in Coruscant, Face questions a guard about his Corillian last name. It means something to Face, and he references a time to Wedge when the welcoming party was a trap. At Face's signal, the race attacks swiftly and mercilessly, and holy crap, Tan just slit that guy's throat. Yep. Like, does not mess around. Also, unfortunately, the cyborg man got hurt pretty bad. Wedge definitely used him as a shield. Oh, robot man. The first death of this book. Oh, man. We barely knew thee. We sure did. After 
I mean, it kind of just cuts off there with uh, Tan actually the one who gets control of the group and makes them all drop their weapons. And then it immediately transitions to their debriefing in what I assume is a newer public military installation on Coruscant. Face gives his reasoning as the MP didn't walk like a Karelian, <laughs> which, all right. <laughs> and the colonel speaking with them doesn't buy it, but Face proves him wrong as he profiles him in, like, such a satisfying way. And Face goes on to describe that he is not only an actor with a capital A, He's been trained to identify and adapt behavior, mannerisms, and speech patterns from people um, for his military rank. And that his family are Loridans, which I guess are people that develop speech through body language. Because he later says he's from the planet Lord. So doesn't it doesn't Loridians just like what you call people from Lord? Also, Correct. can we just appreciate that he's from a planet called Lord? Right. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> As if he doesn't have enough, like, confidence issues already. <laughs> right. But Face leveled up. In this book, he's not just he going to be actor man. He's also going to be behavior, mannerisms, and speech patterns man. Human, oh, expert that, in human psychology. Yeah, exactly. He now is that, an actual expert in human psychology. He, like, absorbed the Bothan's power. I don't even remember his name. He absorbed the Bothan's powers <laughs> when he died. Grinder. His name was Grinder. Grinder. <laughs> R.I.P., I guess. Yeah. Nah. I mean, yeah. R.I. Okay. anyway. I don't really care <laughs> about rested. P. He just rested. Just rested. <laughs> <laughs> Akbar jumps in now and suggests that this is enough proof and they move on to Tan. The big question here is about how the assailant whose throat he cut died and they want to know how they did it, how he did it. And then Tan reveals that he used this laser scalpel, which was not taken from him when their weapons were. The colonel then asks if he's been disarmed of it now, and Tom stakes that it's part of his med kit, and that he could kill someone with everything in his med kit if he had to, like back to patches and bandages. So, All right. I guess that's part of training in space medical school. Now Fanon is scary doctor man. I love it. <laughs> They're both so cool in this part. Yeah. <laughs> The colonel decides that the race are free from any, like, legal repercussions and allows them to just leave. Runt is still in medbay and will be there for a few days, and Wiz needs to take a day to rest and recover from a blaster graze. Just a couple days, it's fine. Oh, back to Patch, whatevs. Back to's amazing. That's such a badass sentence, though. Right? Let's see. Akbar stops Wedge before he leaves to ask about what he thinks about all this is, and the answer is Warlord Gabor, which for yes. our listeners at home, remember <laughs> that Warlord Gabor is Warlord Zinch. He's back, <laughs> and Gaborior than ever. Gaborior? <laughs> He's more Gabor. More Gabor than ever before. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Uh... Gabor is probably just real mad about them destroying them placable. Akbar leaves protecting the squadron up to Wedge, but does give him new orders that play to the strength of their unconventional unit. Mm, unconventional. That's one way of putting it. Right? Yeah, that's, that's one word. That's an Akbar <laughs> word to use for it. Yeah. Wedge then asks Akbar 
about a Baron Sunterfell, and we get a little bit of the backstory that Nancy gave us in the State of the Squadron about how he was part of the 181st TIE Fighter Unit, joined the New Republic, was part of Rogue Squadron in the comics, and is married to Wedge's sister, Sial, Ciel, whatever, and they disappeared years ago. Unfortunately, Akbar has no news about any of it, but promises to let Wedge know if any crosses his desk. <clears throat> Back in the hangar, Wedge tells the race that their leave is cancelled and that there have to be a 24-hour watch on Runt and Wiz and their spacecraft until they lift off. Face once again takes leadership position and works on the duty roster. It's very important in this chapter to note that Tom calls Kel Taria's toy friend <laughs> and that is just the best damn thing. Yeah. I love it so much. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Toy it was good. I'm going to use that as often as I can. Oh, my God. Also, it's perfect for, for Cal and Tyria. It kind of is, right? Yeah. Good. So I know we gave Cal a lot of crap last season, but just in Chapter 1 this time around, I like immediately was like, oh, Cal, I missed you. You know what it is, though? It's because this chapter isn't about Kel. Yeah, yes. I was just going to say. Yeah. Kel is showing so much is. character development by not being in the book as much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, right. take a back seat, and he's great. Yeah. So I, I think that, like, as this book goes on, I will develop the fondness for Kel that other people seem yeah. to have. Yeah, that's a good expectation. <clears throat> Tom pulls Kel aside and lets him know the name of the colonel who debriefed them, Repnus. And remember from the last book that Anton Repnus was the one who forged Tyria's grades and then blackmailed her when she wouldn't help steal him an X-Wing. It's a small world after all. <laughs> Tom's plan, made from his superior intellect and desire to hurt someone badly... <laughs> <laughs> is to find a struggling pilot that re that is Repnus's type and catch him in the act of doing exactly what he did to Tyria. Tan knows just the person, a beauty who's a survivor of the Implacable, Trigget's unwilling mistress, a.k.a. the former Colonel Gara Pedithel, who is now going by Lara Nostril. Nost <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not so. Yeah, Not, that's happening. Yep, we're, we're gonna go with nostril. Yep. <laughs> that's it now. It already happened. Great, perfect. <laughs> I'm so surprised that she came back. Wow, what a shock! I didn't see this coming at all. Great. So they're going to definitely weren't clued into this by a certain future divorced couple of friends of ours. <laughs> 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 so they will sponsor they will find her and sponsor her to become a pilot we jump to a day or two later and Wiz is back and is, has a, is as hilarious as ever we find out that we get three new pilots Cast and Don a human male computer specialist Dia Pasek a Twi'lek woman vehicle and organized crime expert Yay! She's gonna die. Shala Seth, how oh, dark are you? Don't you dare! <laughs> Shala Neprin, human woman, uh, unarmed combat instructor, and imperial intelligence expert. Her I older like sister is the one who trained Kel in combat and threw him around like a sack of straw. I like it's her a lot. It's a small world after all. 
Ugh, <laughs> uh, right? Like, uh Nothing... I mean, it's Star Wars. Nothing irritates me more in Star Wars than when two characters, like, happen to, like, cross each other on the street. Like, ugh. I hate it. <laughs> you sound so irritated. <laughs> so irritated. It's, it's so annoying. It's a whole galaxy, and these people just constantly run into each other like they're in an office or something. <laughs> Stories would never happen if they didn't do that, though. <laughs> Ugh, whatever. Invent new characters. All right, all right, really all like right. You're all scoffing, right. Heath. <laughs> For the next segment of their mission, the race are divided into three teams. Each one is going to come up with theories about what Zinj is up to and what his plans and strategies are. So Zinj 1 is Runt, Kel, Tyria, and Shala. Zinj 2 is Piggy, Min, Squeaky, and Kasten. And Zinj 3, my personal favorite Zinj, is FaceTown, Wiz, and Dia. <laughs> my personal favorite Zinj. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's really bizarre how they're just referring to themselves as Zinjes. <laughs> I'm... I'm- I'm sorry, don't you mean Gabor, Gabor 1, 2, and 3? <laughs> Gabor 3. Gabor 3. <laughs> but they didn't get up to Gabor 4, which would have obviously been the best one. Yeah. <laughs> Gabor 4 will be Wedge and Akbar. We'll just, we'll just say Good. that. Yeah. More Gabor 4 than ever before. <laughs> oh no. And that is how chapter 1 ends. I like In to read some two- fanfic where Gabor 4 go to the store. Oh my god. Oh no. To buy a new oh. floor. No one's going to help me out here. It's just me. I, I'm terrible solo. at rhyming. <laughs> and then spend time on the shore. And Wedge's Stop. Wave Skipper. Meg, what happened in chapter two? So in chapter two, thanks. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> Nice save. So in chapter th- two, Pedophel, aka Laurel, no- Laura Nostril. Laura <laughs> 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 Nostril. I'm leaning into it. Um, <laughs> and she's in her apartment, ready to send Zinj a bunch of secret information so she could be employed again. Upside down smiley face emoji. <laughs> <laughs> face and Ton show up. And Pedophil swoons a bit when she finds out that he is indeed the face. And I just don't understand why people keep saying that he'd be so handsome, except if, like... If he didn't have the scar, but scars right. are like a super attractive. It could be like he used to be handsome before he got the scar. I'm like, but I'm sure he looks great with that scar. I'm like, now he's ruggedly handsome. Like, <laughs> right. even he, better. This dude's been through some stuff. Yeah, like he's he's hurt and broken. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, but as um, he inside, he is battle tested. Yeah, and right. Pedophil seems like the type that'd be into that too, just based yeah, on what we know what of her just... and how she like keeps her spare <laughs> lingerie packed just in case she needs to make a quick getaway. Yeah, right. So uh, I don't understand. But my favorite line in this part was that face has features suited to raising heart rates. Oh yeah, which I am definitely using in some dumb fanfic for sure. <laughs> So Pedophel is really selling her hurt farm girl, given another chance, but having no ambitions left routine. She keeps refusing as Ton and Face explain the plan to use her as bait. But then she has the brilliant idea of becoming a pilot and how it would make her more valuable to any employer, including Warlord Gabor. She continues to play them, dropping that no one would want to have her in their squadron after they complete their mission because they would think that she's watching them, that she's a traitor. Face comes up with the bright idea 
that if Wedge can promise a post under his command, maybe she'd be willing to go through with this. She agrees. She just played them so hard. So hard. As Space and Ton leave, Ton knows that Wedge is going to burn them alive for even suggesting this. See, (laughs) I originally hoped that as as they left, then Face would like turn to Ton and be like, she's full of crap. Yeah, I was hoping that too. Yeah. I was really disappointed when he turned to Ton and was like, she's really hot. I hope Wedge doesn't burn us alive. Right. Not the direction I wanted you to go in, Face. (laughs) Right. But I guess even you do something wrong. Perfect face. Ugh. Falling from grace. Oh, Danny. Oh my god. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Shala is doing a simulator run as Piggy talks to her about Warlord Gabor and why he employs so many intelligence units. The reasoning is that they were available. Iceheart was head of the Imperial Intelligence and after she pretty much died, um, they were available for hire and that he surrounds himself with people who are smart enough to appreciate his deceptions and strategies and that zin warlord gabor likes to showboat and be appreciated as the hero of the empire an important thing to note was just why the (laughs) heck does kel know about tying shallow's sister up to a chair for an hour (laughs) he's been up to some things yeah there's definitely some flirting going on there There's, there's some things she gave him a wicked smile we're gonna have a love triangle. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Don't say that. Um, I, I also just want to point out the description of Warlord Gabor here. Just given current <laughs> events, it sounded really familiar. It says Zinja's records say he's sort of a compulsive liar. So why hire people who are trained to see through those lies? My guess is that he doesn't lie. He doesn't lie to fool people. He does it to entertain. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of oh. got some shivers when I read that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> A little too on the nose there. A little too on the nose. <laughs> yep. Sorry, dear leader. <laughs> That's all right. You're forgiven. <laughs> oh, not me. Okay. <laughs> well, Face and Ton go and bring up the bright idea to Wedge, who is so not pleased, he jolts up from his chair and it falls into the wall behind him. Which, so dramatic, Wedge. <laughs> yeah, jeez. drama. So far in this book, Wedge is just angry dad. <laughs> Which is just like, I can't believe these kids are doing this. Right. I mean, if you had kids like this, you would become angry dad. He's right. he's no longer like baby boomer dad trying to understand his millennial children. Now he's just like <laughs> pissed off dad. <laughs> now he's just like, you are why are you buying avocados and not new X-Wings? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but Ton and Face managed to talk to him, talk him into it. And that Wedge agrees that at the end of it all, he will assess Laura personally without looking at her records. And if she's fit to fly, she'll be on the next opening on Rogue or Wraith Squadron. As Tarn and Face leave, Wedge whispers into the air, Wiz, they're doing it to me again. <laughs> Which is just... <laughs> I love it. What, what defeat. <laughs> yeah. So de- he's losing it. <laughs> <laughs> like... And he's talking to Wiz, who could he could literally just calm. <laughs> you don't have to just talk to the Wiz that hovers around your office. He doesn't want to hear the you saw. Right. They this was your idea, Wedge. <laughs> okay. In chapter three, the Wraiths are hanging out in the officers' quarters. Face insists 
that Warlurkabor is all about the symbolism of Iron Fist, named after his first command, his rise from obscurity into infamy, which is like so face. That's <laughs> so face. My <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When Face turns to ask Runt about this, he gets kind of terrifying and goes on to say that all of Warlord Gabor's posturing is to entice the governors to his hand by any means necessary. Dia and Tan come in after this, and I think this is the time in which we will have a dramatic reading. Right? Indeed. Indeed. One of the lounge's simulators hissed as its canopy opened. The new Twi'lek pilot, Dia Pasek, bounded out as though she were partially made of springs. She had a smile on her face, nearly a smirk, and she headed straight for the bar. Face watched her closely. There was something odd about the way she moved. That was it. Hers was the strut of a Corellium pilot. <laughs> a male Corellium pilot. To the extent that her build would allow her such motion. Okay, all right. She too knew something <laughs> about body language and simulated manners. The adjoining simulator opened and Fanon climbed out more sedately. He came over to face. Well, she dropped the heavy end of the hammer on me, he said. Faked you? Three times out of three. I don't think she's up to Kel's level and certainly not up to the commander's, but she's deadly. Fanon added a hopeful note in his voice. Perhaps she'd show me some mercy on account of my physical appeal and personal charm. I'm sure she would if you had any. They joined. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, burn. You got some. <laughs> Sick burn, bro. Aloe for that. <laughs> they joined Dia at the bar, flanking her, and ordered a non-alcoholic fruit fizz to match hers. Squeaky, the 3PO unit with mismatched gold and silver components, drew their drinks. Uttered a s- oh, can we just stop to mention that Squeaky is the bartender? Like, how hilarious is that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was the bartender when they met him. Yeah, I know. I just like that aspect about him. Drew their drinks, uttered a sigh, and murmured something about the scarcity of fresh fruit in the Coruscant market. Tom says you're a pretty hot shooter. Face said. It won't work. She said. Eh? Face eh? glared. <laughs> Wait, try again. <laughs> take take your cue from Harrison Ford and George Lucas. Uh. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Face glanced across her at Fanon, who returned his confused expression. What won't work? You wouldn't have said that to a male pilot unless it had been a real run which means you only said it to ingratiate yourself with me. You want to provoke an emotional response. Gratitude that a lowly flight officer might find worth under the eyes of the famous Garrick Lauren. At some point, I'm supposed to swoon into your arms, aren't I? Face blinked. That actually hadn't occurred to me. I didn't see your hollows, Face. When you were acting your heart out as a child star, I was a slave dancer in training, not permitted choice rewards like seeing entertainment hollows. You don't occupy a place in the adolescent quadrant of my heart the way you do with most females my age. I am immune to your alleged charms. Face glanced at Fanon again. The other pilot was turning red with the effort not to laugh. Face <laughs> modulated his voice to low, resonant, romantic tones. I am so glad I met you, he said. I've been looking for you all my life. You have? Her expression turned to confusion. Why? 
the one woman in all the galaxy immune to my charms? Do you know how often I've said, where is she? Does she truly exist? Anon got himself under control. It's true. I raised face from the time he was a cub, and since almost the day he could talk, he's been saying, find me the one woman who can withstand me, who can loathe me for who I really am. He's had a good, long, lonely life until today. Now you can abuse him and give me a rest. Face nodded sagely. Dia's face twitched into a smile, which she quickly suppressed. Now you're making fun of me. Face let his expression and voice return to normal. Oh, we've barely gotten started. Anyway, after a casual remark about your skills to open up the conversation, my plan actually was to ask you how you fouled up. Fouled up? She looked between the two men. I don't recall fouling up. Then what brings you to Wraith Squadron? I volunteered. After the story broke on your destruction of the Implacable, I wanted to join a unit as savage as that. Why? Are you supposed to be screw-ups? Fanon whistled. Can someone whistle? I don't know how. Help me. No. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> she doesn't even know. We didn't even have time for our true reputation to circulate before another reputation swam up and swallowed it. Face gave Dia a stern look. I'm sorry. You appear to have been transferred here under false pretenses. We're a hard luck squadron. If you're not a real screw-up, we're just going to have to make you an honorary screw-up. Keep that in mind. I will. She said, her voice solemn. She'll do, pig. She'll do. Fanon said. Even if she doesn't swoon. Yay! I love her! Yay! <laughs> I love her! I'm really sad Piggy wasn't part of the scene for that she'll do pig that'll- she'll do. <laughs> but, what Next can you time. Do? Next yep. time. Yeah. Whew, so that was a good time. We find out then that Kasten also volunteered, eager to take down enemies like Warlord Gabor as fast and hard as possible. <laughs> He, he had been. He, on that was your cue. <laughs> I'm just. In the show notes. I don't want to become too predictable. You know, sometimes I just let it go. <laughs> All right. All right. He had Slash, been. Of course, I was reading Twitter. Keep your head in the game, buddy. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's got to be a bad time. Okay. <laughs> He had been on Coruscant when the second Death Star blew, saw the carnage of the stormtroopers crowd-controlling people with rebel leanings. Piggy comes in, thinking about thinking that there's something significant about Warlord Gabor hiring pirates. He's never employed that tactic before. And that's kind of where it ends. It wasn't really great, like, switching next to gears. Wait, Later that night... Was that when, I, they, was that when Face and, and Fanon made the jokes about where he walked in, it was just like, pirates... And they're like, yes, it was. it's good to see you too, Piggy. Is that a weird greeting of some sort? And they're like, pirates yeah. be with you. <laughs> I just love them so much. Yeah, they were they were really funny. They got they like a real great. Fred and George vibe going on right now. Yeah, yeah. Troublemakers, all of them. Yeah. But hilarious troublemakers. Yes. Hilarious and lovable tr troublemakers. Yeah. Maybe that night, but a night. 
Cassin comes to Wedge, asking for a moment of his time, worst for wear. It's important here that he's, like, slouching across the door and being super impolite, and Wedge just freaking ignores him. (laughs) Kids these days don't show any respect. Right? He just clears (laughs) his throat and waits. (laughs) What a dad move. And then Cassin thankfully gets the idea that he needs to be a little more proper and a little more respectful. And he requests, again, for a moment of Wedge's time. And he comes and sits down, and he asks for new living quarters because Runt smells bad. Well, he says Runt smells, and then Wedge says, I assume you mean bad. <laughs> which also a very dad thing to say. <laughs> Wedge is just, like, not having it with Caston, which is weird. Like, do we have any reason to suspect why Wedge would be, like, particularly nonplussed with this guy? Well, not yet. We will in a minute. <laughs> so Wedge looks through his records and sees that Caston has had multiple problems with non-human species like mon cows. Hmm. When Wedge offers to put him in Piggy's room, Caston also declines. Wedge then finds out that the hacker group, which for, I guess that's what they were, was all humans, which is super weird for anti-imperial groups. Wedge tells him to fortify and deal with it, and that he probably doesn't smell very good to Runt either. <laughs> He's such a straight white dude. Oh, straight white dude. Yep. Oh, we got God. a new grinder in here. Got a new space racist in here. In defense <laughs> of the racist. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not really. I mean... We don't, we, I don't know if we know yet, like, I mean, what, what, hmm, never mind. Okay. How did, how did he end up in this hacker group? Like, was this a choice? Like, is he aware, aware that this is odd? I mean, like, I'm not denying that he's a straight white dude, obviously. He's been living on Coruscant, like, he grew up on Coruscant, surely he knows, like, yeah, that's true. Okay. plenty of other species. Right. He grew up in, like, a super multicultural area. Yeah. yeah. Okay, he's a bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Total frat. I mean, look at how he was acting when he wanted Wedge's attention. Like, he doesn't know what he's doing. Great. He's one of those people who's like, I'm not racist, but. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, it's a good good metaphor for modern times because it's like the group is aligned with the New Republic so they can say, like, clearly we have good intentions, but also when you look at the makeup of their group, like, overall, there's something that does not compute there. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Star Wars can say, we're putting more women in our movies. And then you look at who's directing the movies and you say, well, you still have a ways to go. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, did I make it too real by throwing Star Wars under the bus? No, it's good. It's good. I'm not not supposed to do that on a Star Wars podcast. No, I I do it all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's good. We then shift to Warlord Gabor. Aboard the Iron Fist. Wait, does this say Warlord Gabor is a voyeur? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> so he's in this section of his quarters that is a model of the bridge that is just filled with screens so he can spy on his crew. That's, That's pretty uncomfortable. Totally normal. Super mm, is it General Melvar then comes up to him with news from Pedithel 
offering that she'll be under Wedge's command in a few weeks, and that she's willing to be employed by Warlord Gabor. General Melvar talks like this, right? Oh, yeah. Like, there's no General possible Melvar. way that General Melvar talks any other way, right? He has to be in the nerd voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously. <laughs> General Melvar here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh. Excuse me, that's Brigadier General Melvar. (laughs) (laughs) Worst. Okay. They don't have enough data on her, so they are wary to trust, but they will pursue until they can figure out her true motivations. Warlord Gabor... Well, so Warlord Gabor has been watching this, like, ensign, so the lowest ranking do some flight sims while he's probably on some super boring, like, sitting around duty. And Warlord Gabor has a problem with it, and although he says he hates wasting good personnel, he's still gonna have to execute him for wanting to pilot. So, wow, he's a a dude. That, uh... Gabor or something. Yeah. Finding enough people that aren't going to spend part of this job daydreaming about doing better jobs is going to be really challenging for him. <laughs> right? It's going to be real tough. Like, if that's the standard, like, I execute you if you daydream. I'm so dead. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Alright. Thankfully, that's all we get of Warlord Gabor and the Iron Fist. And, and, and all I lost. of the Iron Fist? Yes. All of it. Okay. <laughs> Warlord Gabor is no more. <laughs> oh, gosh. Akbar has has evaluated everyone's theories. Runt says to pick a governor that would be a likely target for Warlord Gabor to woo, cause him some problems with the iron that only the Iron Fist can solve, and then confront <laughs> Singe, then confront, uh, sorry, confront Warlord Gabor head on. Piggy's idea is to dress up as a pirate gang and then make them so badass that enough that Warlord Gabor would want to hire them for his own pirate crew. Good luck. Yeah. Face says that half of his team thinks Runt is right and half of the team thinks Piggy is right. So his idea is to disguise themselves as a theater troupe to entertain Warlord Gabor and that's how they get aboard the Iron Fist. No joke, I thought he was serious at first and I got really <laughs> excited they were going to go with that because I really want that. <laughs> Sorry. Face's <sighs> real idea is that there's another superstar destroyer being made at the Kuwait shipyards. Kuwait? Whatever. And that Warlord Gabor plans to steal it and add it to his fleet. He also thinks Iceheart may be alive because he's seen Star Wars and no one is dead until you see the body. <laughs> I much prefer the acting thing over this. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so they're pretty much doing everything. Faces Akbar like Neil can... in the Star It's like sorry, faces like me in the Star Wars world. Right. It's like I have yep. this theory. <laughs> There are two two Darth Vader's, and the second one is Isani (laughs) Isard. I wish. Akbar is getting intelligence to follow up on the Kuwait shipyards. Meanwhile, the race will do a combination of the other two plans. They'll form a pirate gang and strike at the target Warlord Gabor would be interested in recruiting. We are so blessed. So blessed. The raids are forming a pirate gang. That's going to be the best. There's some re- rearrangement of the pilots. Caston is now Wraith 2 because he's the baby. 
he's all like super proud of it, but then everyone else knows that Wraith that the second position is usually given to the person who needs the most protection from Wedge. <laughs> so I really yeah. I really like that. Him just like yeah. obliviously being like, I'm so good, I'm number two, and everyone else being I'm, like, Yeah, okay, buddy. Yeah, it's because you suck. Yeah. <laughs> Dia is Wraith four with Wiz as Wraith three. Five and nine there is the is the usual, so that's Kel, Runt, Bannon, and Face. And then number ten is Shala. Eleven and twelve are Tyria and Piggy. The new flight leaders are Wedge, Face, and Min. And Wedge waits for Kel to have bad feelings about Face being given leadership over him, as Kel was the former Flight 2 leader, but he's actually cool with it right now. The race will be going to Halmad. They'll be based out of some slow, unarmed junk ship, with the only vehicles they have, which are eight X-Wings and two TIE Fighters. They'll have to steal anything else they need from Imperials or other pirates. As they're dismissed, Wedge calls Face and Ton for an update on Lara. She's finished her application, and she's set up to contact them when they're off-world. So far, so good. Or had better be, or the Elder Kraken will throw them in a food reprocessor. Which, I enjoy the idea of a reprocessor. I assume it takes all the food scraps and then makes them into something useful. Ugh. Hopefully not something eatable. I mean, it's probably like nutrient squares and stuff. Ugh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they're recycling food, but also, uh. <laughs> I mean, I'm just imagining if I like went through my compost bin and made it eat edible food. I don't know. Uh. Yeah. It's space. A lot of things happen. <laughs> that was the most vague, but also most convincing response. <laughs> it's space. A lot of things happen. <laughs> <laughs> Like right. we could just use that to justify literally everything in all of Star Wars from now until oh, forevermore. <laughs> that should also be our podcast tagline. It's space. A lot of things happen. It's true. Good. <laughs> what happens in space stays in space. <laughs> Keith, it's you. We ready for this? We ready? Yes. All right. So it's been a long time since we last asked a listener question. <laughs> and basically, last time we just asked you to tell you what we love about us, which was kind of a selfish thing to do, but whatever. Yeah. We did. <laughs> this week's listener question is just, just pump our egos up, okay? <laughs> Why are we great? That's <laughs> basically, basically what we asked. Um,. We got some really sweet responses. We read one at our live episode that we did at Celebration. Um, A couple more to read tonight. News of the Galaxy said, My favorite memory is when you talked about Saf saying a word in a New Zealand accent. It was pretty great. (laughs) Just a word. I feel like like that happens pretty frequently. So That's also a very specific but very vague memory. (laughs) (laughs) We are probably endlessly entertaining to you if that's what you enjoy. Also, one Steph, of my favorite your, your accent for the Twi'lek tonight was really good. Oh, thank was you. So, what was, was like it? Really <laughs> I don't know, but it was really distinct. It, yeah, yeah, it didn't sound like really, you. 
I got really in character. There we go. Apparently, my acting skills are still there somewhere. You're going to have you to replicate it. that same accent, though, whenever we do that character now. I'll practice in the mirror. Okay, great. <laughs> um, Nick said, my favorite Rogue Pod memory is when I won the glistening Bodie for Akbar's older brother, Admiral. <laughs> that was a really good tweet. <laughs> it was a really good one. And then he went on to say, it sounds self-serving and silly, but it's nice to know that you can interact with the show in such a fun way regularly. It makes you feel part of it. Nick, you are a part of it. You're here with Nick. us right now. It's weird that you haven't contributed anything to this episode. Speak up, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> that was weird, Danny. <laughs> don't be. Don't make it weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what Isn't podcast what we are do? we on? <laughs> 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 Haven't we had an eggplant emoji in our Twitter handle for like over a year now? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Since the day Twitter allowed you to add an emoji to your display name. It's just because we really like fresh produce, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had eggplant parmesan? Yeah, it's, it's delicious. Good. It's good stuff. It's so good. Uh, anyway, we also got this lengthy response from Matt. So, Matt, thank you in advance. And everyone stick with me while I read this. I remember first hearing about Rogue Padron through the main Far Far Away radio podcast. I think my first thought was something like, heck yeah, because X-Wing books are... <laughs> Heath, we can, can, we, say... we can say H-E double hockey sticks on this show. We can say it? Okay, yeah. I, I censored myself. I didn't know if we could say it. My first thought was something like, hell yeah, because the X-Wing books are by far my favorite Star Wars books and ones that I often go back to reread. Having a good excuse to reread them would have been enough but all your commentary made it even better. Rogue Pod has been my companion as I washed dishes, mowed the yard, and struggled with my OCD. The Bothan shaming, Corrin jokes, and silly comments have made even the hardest times easier. The thing that really makes me a Rogue Pod fan, though, is the relationship with all of you. Your banter and friendship with each other, combined with the listener questions, make you feel more like pals to your listeners. As I read and listened, I would anticipate hearing Meg's excitement for Lieutenant Ketch or the newest Mon Calahati scene. Yeah! Yeah, yeah, yeah! <laughs> the new installment of Heath's autobiography, Tie Me Up with Tycho, a fanboy's man crush on Tycho Selchu. <laughs> Tie wow. Me Up with Tycho! It's so good! <laughs> I, yes. I, now I'm very distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Danny's gushing over Ithorians and hut meat and Saf's love of the ill-fated Lujane and pretty much every droid in the series. You all were more than podcast hosts. You became my friends. Thank you for all the work you do and all the laughs you provide. I can't wait for the next 50 episodes of Appropriate Weirdness. I'm sure they will glisten. We can't live up to that, so this is the last episode of This is... (laughs) This is Rogue Padron signing off. <laughs> no, Matt, you get a glistening Bodhi. Straight up. Straight up. Oh, thanks, I'm Matt. Sure that was really sweet. Tie me up with Tycho. Tie me up <laughs> with Tycho. It's so good. Like, damn, son. Um, and I'm. Let's just give Nick and News of the Galaxy a glistening Bodhi as well, because. Yes. yes. Why not? Thank you, guys. Because I love them. No, it, it means a lot to us that people listen to this thing and actually enjoy it. Because we're just, we're just doing it for fun. So, 
that's just an added bonus that people actually listen to it. Yeah. So this week's question. What would be the name of your undercover pirate gang or theater troupe? Hmm. If you want, we can have a week to think about this because it's very serious. I would appreciate that. I got yeah. to look at that. I feel like I feel like I could do well with this question, but I need a little time to do it. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay. Yeah. Well, so we'll get back to you all next week with our answers. Just like how you'll get back to us next week. Yeah, which, which means none of you can blame us in our mentions for stealing your answer. Oh, yeah. So hit us up on Twitter. Am I echoing? Am I fine? You're so You're fine. Good. Okay. You're good. Hit us up on Twitter at Rogue Podron to answer this question or just to say things at us because we like hearing your voices. Find us Seriously. at our website, Rogue oh, Podron. wait. Shout out to see how it is. Our, our listener, Hassan, who literally just live-tweeted listening to our commentary which was so are great. you serious <laughs> yeah, really oh my god i need to go find this <laughs> oh yeah 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 hassan i forgot i totally forgot about that i saw that like two days ago i woke up and i have tweet deck and i have a rogue pod mentions column and it was all just hassan like live reacting to our commentary it was great like half the time i don't even know what he's reacting to but it's just so great like there was one that was really funny oh his very last one was good paul green which i think was just in reaction to something we had read during the credits credits. (laughs) 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 Credits oh the fact that anyone was still listening at that point boggles my mind (laughs) that is amazing Good, good paul green yeah thank you hassan that was amazing to wake up to the other day so do that Tweet us that as well. <laughs> Find us on our website, roguepodron.tumblr.com. Email us, roguepodron at gmail.com. And subscribe to us via the brand new fancy Rogue Podron feed on iTunes. And you can still subscribe via the Far Far Away Radio feed on Stitcher and Feedburner or whatever as well, if you want to. But go subscribe to us on iTunes, because it is very exciting. Yeah, just, and just as an a iTunes- general yeah. update on that, we... Uh... That feed is actually live today. Unlike last week when we said it was live, it wasn't yet. But now there's a Rogue Podron feed. So if you only listen to us and you don't listen to the rest of our, now you don't have to worry about those episodes showing up. You can just subscribe to the Rogue Podron feed. But if you like the rest of the FAR shows, which uh, we, of course, support as well, you should stick with the regular Far Far Away radio feed for all those, too. Subscribe to both. Why not? And... That means that if you left an iTunes review on the Far Far Away radio feed, now you get a chance to do that again on the Rogue Podron feed. Except you, Force User Chris. Yeah, Force <laughs> User Chris, you're good. We got it. We got your enough. review. We, we put it into the Rogue Podron feed for you, so don't worry about it. <laughs> the rest of y'all, includes, including Charizard for Prez, who wrote this lovely five-star review titled Goofy and Delightful. This is one of my go-to Star Wars shows. The cast is well-rounded and likable. You'll feel like you're they're your best friends after only a few minutes. Rogue Potter in particular is the most incredible millennial mashup of grins, romance, and cringeness that has ever existed in audio format. Pew pew eggplant emoji. We need to have a I long am- discussion about grins, romance, and cringeness. Millennial mashup I- of grins, romance, and cringeness. This is so good. Let's I'm just be that on my next tune. resume. Yeah, that's definitely resume material right there. This is so good. I love it. We also got a five-star review from Ricky Mokel. This review is titled A, and the review is plus. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very efficient. (laughs) 
gets but, the like, job. Also, done. what a Rogue Pod review, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got the message across. A plus. So thanks, Charizard, for Prez and Ricky for those awesome iTunes reviews. Oh, so good. Great. That's me. That's me finishing up this episode. So next time, X-Wing, Iron Fist, chapters four through six. And with that, this is Rogue Podrin signing off. Pash out. Pew, 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 pew. Boom. Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Saf, you're going to play Dia. Yay! Did we have anyone playing Face or Fan? Did did we do any of those in the... I don't think... We did Kel and Tyria before. Yeah, okay. So, Meg and Heath, you can each pick one. Maybe Face. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Who does that make me? Fanon. Tom. Tom Fanon. The, kill- the killer doctor. Okay, I need to get into character. Okay. Yeah, me too. Let us know when you're ready. You do it to get into character. <laughs> you you go for it. I'm a I'm a professional. Okay. okay. I'm the professional. I'm not. <laughs> Are you professional or not? I'm an actor. Capital A. Yes, capital A. <laughs> Wow, that was really, I almost, I believe that you two actually did just get in character there. That was, that was good. Okay. I'm sure she would if you had any. They joined. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, burn. You got some. Sick burn, bro. Aloe for that. <laughs> some back for that burn. Some, some aloe tanning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the... <laughs> so gentle. That is a thing that the youth like, say. That's like a grandma <laughs> thing to say. No, that is not a youth thing to say, Tanny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, you got a burn? Here's some aloe. <laughs> <laughs> aloe is a great all natural remedy for burns. That's great. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Saf. <laughs>